to ideas that change lives. I'm your host, Beth Perkel, and together we will explore the gemstones from every angle that I've carefully sifted for you from life's dusty gravel path. Be it from my own experiences, mistakes, or my ever-churning mind and heart, from those of my guests, or from wisdom I've come across in the writing of some of the greatest minds to be brave enough to pick up the pen and write their bravest thoughts down for us. I've done the work in finding it and presenting it for you, but now it's up to you to decide whether or not it's an idea that will change your life. Let's dive in. Welcome to episode one, where we are going to discuss life-changing idea number one. You are not everything you think. Just because we think it doesn't make it the reality. I once heard motivational speaker and author Ayan Lavan Zant say, the things we cook up in our minds are decadent. When she catches herself mentally getting worked up over something that she realizes was her own mind spitting its own story over the reality, she'll literally say to herself, you've got a real gift for fiction. But that's the truth. We all constantly are telling ourselves stories about the world to make sense of the world around us. But stories are exactly that. They're stories. Some people's more closely align with nonfiction and some with fiction. But the point is, once we remove ourselves from this self-imposed storyline we impose on things, we can get some air to see that we often judge ourselves too harshly or see ourselves in a way dimmer light than the rest of the world sees us. Think of the following example. You see a friend rushing through the supermarket and you haven't seen them in a while. And so you greet them with a really friendly greeting, hoping to chat and catch up, but they give you the brush off and quickly move on. So do you tell yourself one of the following things? Number one, no one likes me. And this is just another example. This would be you internalizing what happened. Number two, ugh, this person is so rude. I don't even know why I'm friends with them. I don't really like them anyway. This would you be, this would be you externalizing what happened. Number three, this has nothing to do with me. They're probably just busy. This is you making a situational assessment and probably a true one, that this person's behavior has nothing to do with your story. But with their story, they're probably just caught up in their own things. Maybe they're in a rush. Maybe they're on their way to a doctor's appointment or some other appointment. Maybe they're late for work. Or a fourth person or fourth option might even see no need for a storyline here. They might just shrug and go on looking for the elusive supermarket treasure, the unblemished bananas. These are all options and all classic stories different people will write for the same person and same interaction. In fact, maybe four friends all encountered that same person who was was in a rush in the same supermarket. Related to this life-changing idea 
of the storyteller inside us is the concept of voices from childhood that get trapped in our heads as part of this story narration. The concept of the general voice in our head, the one that narrates and judges our lives, is not new. In fact, it's gotten a lot of press lately, especially in the fields of meditation and relaxation, to quiet that constant chatter of our inner consciousness, which I talk about in my book, Light at the Beginning of the Tunnel, Wiring Our Children for Happiness. Dan Harris, who's the author of 10% Happier, writes about the moment when he was lying in bed and realized for the first time the mean-spirited nature of this voice in his head, which he called the running commentary that had dominated my fields of consciousness since I could remember. Harris talks about in his book how after that he felt the need to find a way to separate from that unkind voice in order to get more control over this inner critic. We all have internal narration, but we can break it up further to understand that the voice that chooses to speak up inside us is not always consistent. Sometimes it's from way back when. Sometimes it's our inner toddler speaking up. Sometimes it's from not as far back, but depending on our age, still a bit far back. Sometimes it's our inner teenager. Sometimes it's our young adult. Sometimes it's further. The internal family systems approach developed by Harvard psychologist Richard Schwartz views each person as containing a network of subpersonalities struggling with each other. These internal subpersonalities include voices like the inner critic, the taskmaster, the perfectionist, the underminer. And these speak up and even fight with each other depending on the different situations. So you could have these different parts of yourself that will come out in different, at different times and different moments and different situations depending on what is pushing your buttons. The reason it's helpful to learn and understand these categorizations is that it helps us figure out how to respond to these inner promptings, especially when they're not serving us well. For example, to deal with our inner toddler voice, we need to speak to it like we would a toddler. You need to be firm and consistent, even while it's mid-tantrum. Think about it. Kinds of give it the, I'm the adult here, and I know this isn't fun, but I know what's best for you, right? So it might come up as, drop that credit card. You're going to regret that purchase right after you've made it, and you've gotten home and want to go right back and return it. Save yourself the time. You might find distraction also helps with this voice as it screams inside you, just like it's helpful with toddlers, right? Whoever's had a toddler knows that often you can just distract it with something while it's tantruming and you can calm them down that way. So when you want to distract yourself, you might be able to say, okay, instead of just, you know, I'm on this website, I really want to buy this thing. Okay, I'm going to just go put the laundry away and then I'll see if I really want to come back. And often when you distract yourself, you're able to move away from the thing that's so viscerally calling to you. The same is true of our internal teenage voice. When it's rebelling against our inner common sense, we need to enforce rules with it like we would a teenager. For example, let's say the house is finally quiet and your exhausted self knows you should really go to bed. 
you're also enjoying the silence and tempted to finally have some me time after you've gotten your whole family, all your children into bed for the night. The inner voice whispers. I know this happens to me way too often. I'll just sit down for a few minutes and read or I'll tidy up this room or I'll call my friends in another time zone across the world or all the other things I like to do when I finally have some time at night. And then I'll go to sleep. I'll just do this for like a half hour. I'll still get plenty of sleep. Most of the time when we sweet talk ourselves into this kind of unwise behavior, we know we're going to end up staying up for two hours minimum. (laughs) In reality, we're literally just happily deluding ourselves from the start. So your responsible voice, inner voice contradicts, just go to sleep. This really is the time you need to get to bed. And your teenage voice then responds and screams, I'm not going to listen to you. I have to have some time to myself while the house is quiet. I'm suffocating. And the next thing you know, if you let that teenage voice win, it's midnight and as, or one in the morning or for some of us beyond. And as you hit the pillow and dread your alarm, which is set for 6 a.m., your last thought is, I cannot believe I did that again. And so if you're able to recognize the teenage voice piping up inside you, lay down the law. No, my frazzled friend, this is your pillow curfew. You need to get to bed now so you can function tomorrow. We can't just do whatever we feel like. We need to remember that our actions have consequences. <laughs> Um, If you're able to do that and do it consistently for a few nights in a row and establish a pattern, that voice gets stronger inside you, that responsible voice that's able to speak up above that teenage voice that still lives lives inside you. The life-changing idea of the storylines we constantly tell ourselves and the narrator voices from our past that get stuck in our heads is helpful. Because it makes us realize that even as adults and parents, we never leave our childhood totally behind. The voices from our younger years still echo within us and affect our decisions. This even has the added benefit of helping us to have extra patience with not only ourselves, but with our children as well. Because we too have these internal tendencies to act out. Want something now with reckless disregard for the future, and even just illogically stay up past our bedtimes. These are also, there are also other approaches to dealing with internal voices, especially the inner critic, after we know we've made an unwise decision. Ethan Cross of the University of Michigan's Emotion and Self-Control Lab explains that one of the best ways to deal with these different voices inside you is to use a popular cognitive behavioral therapy approach called self-distancing. This involves answering the voices that are not serving us well from a detached perspective, almost as if there's another person inside of us responding to them. For example, let's say after staying up late again, you're exhausted the next day and feel bad about having let your internal teenage voice convince you yet again to do something unwise. Instead of beating yourself up, you can speak internally, replacing the I with you. And say something like, Beth, it's no surprise you gave in to the desire to stay up late yet again. Have some quiet personal time and totally makes sense. Now that you realize it's happening too often, though, and impacting your day by being crazy tired, I know you'll find a way to work personal time into the day as opposed to relying on it late at night. 
by talking to it in the third person like that, you're able to sort of have more of a discussion and figure it out. Another approach to dealing with the inner critic voice is to use story editing. Remember, we're talking here in this whole life-changing idea about these stories in our heads. We're not everything that we tell ourselves. Therefore, we can use editing just like we would with any story, which brings us full circle to the beginning of our episode, right? For all those tall tales we're constantly telling ourselves about what is going around in the world around us that impacts our realities. Brene Brown's research shows that whenever we feel threatened by anxiety, fear, shame, or even loss, our brains immediately and automatically demand a story to make sense out of the difficult situation. So her research, again, gives proof of why we are constantly telling ourselves stories to superimpose on situations. When things are stressful and don't make sense, our brain needs a reason. So we make up a story about it. It's not always made up. A lot of times it's the reality. When someone acts in a certain way to you and you're confused, you have to figure out why. So you say you have an automatic judgment about why the person did this. You say a story of why. Oh, they must have done this because of X, Y, or Z. Well, X could be one story, Y could be another, and Z could be another. According to Brown, the problem is that these stories usually exaggerate our greatest fears, shame triggers, and insecurities. These trigger stories are just our first drafts, though, which Brown uses strong language to describe as poor versions of the actual reality. The first story we tell ourselves about a situation is usually the worst both when we are interpreting ours and other people's actions and motives. However, when we realize this was just our first rough draft and we're allowed to rewrite. In life, we are always allowed to rewrite of the stories inside our heads. In fact, since they're inside our heads, we're allowed more than one rewrite. As long as we don't say the words out loud. <laughs> Once words are out of our mouth, it's much harder to ever rewrite. We can get in the habit of editing and then retelling the story to ourselves in a kinder light. For example, when we look forward to a wonderful evening with our children, right? We have a beautiful picture in our head. It's going to be this, you know, perfect, idyllic setting. Our children are going to come home. Everyone's going to get along. We're going to have a family dinner. No one's going to complain about the food and, you know, drop all their uh, peas under the table. And it's going to be wonderful. We're going to have great family time after dinner. What do we find within five minutes? The fabric of familial society quickly is unweaving, right? As siblings are fighting, the complaining begins. But instead of telling ourselves, I'm a failure, I have no control over my kids, I'm never going to be able to get through this evening without yelling at them, right? We can rewrite this story to explain what really happened. For example, taking care of children is not easy. It's okay to be frustrated especially when my perfect vision for the evening didn't play out yet again. But I'm motivated and can keep working at it, which makes me far from a failure. So you see how if we tell ourselves that statement instead of the first statement, it's one that's going to build us up instead of tear ourselves down. It's a jumping point that we can work from instead of a stopping point that there's nowhere to go from. Once we recognize the voices that make up our internal world, we can also be kinder to our internal critic. Knowing that we all have our moments and need understanding, parenting is difficult. 
And sometimes the same tools are needed to work on raising ourselves, even as adults. The ideas presented in this episode can be life-changing because recognizing and then choosing the voice inside of you that gets to speak up over all the other internal chaos and be the reality is empowering. You can then choose the voice of reason that acts as the still thin sound in our lives, overpowering our baser nature and childhood instincts that still try to tantrum toward getting their way. Tame your critic. Learn how to respond to your inner child and other voices that pop up and you will find that you are actually able to rewrite the story of your internal life. And this is liberating because once we realize that we are constantly telling ourselves stories to make sense of the world and that we are not everything we think, we are not everything that wanders through our minds, we can begin to shift those stories and tell ourselves new ones. In fact, and on a personal note, as I welcome you into my world with this podcast, the reason I chose this life-changing idea as my first one to record is that it's the one that gave me the push to record this podcast, despite the inevitable vulnerability one feels in putting something like this out into the world. Thank God I've been publishing in major magazines since I was 17 years old. I went to an Ivy League university and was in their honors program called the University Scholars Program, where I did psychological research, even internationally. I wrote a successful book about parenting that came out during the COVID quarantine, and so many people have reached out to tell me how much it helped them and changed their lives. And I had so many requests for a podcast with more content and more ideas. And yet, the storyline I still told myself was, I don't think anyone is really going to listen to my podcast. I'm not a social media expert. I won't know how to make how to market this properly. I'm not even on Instagram. Although maybe by the time you're listening to this, I will finally figure that out. <laughs> Figured out how to make that successful and gotten on it. Everything I have achieved has taken effort and hustle. It's never felt like one of those viral type uh, magic wand situations. And so I hesitated for a long time to start this. But then I remembered this nugget about we are not everything we think. And I can tell myself a new storyline. And so here I am, episode one. And the storyline? I'm putting this out there for anyone interested in hearing my wisdom. The universe has a way of wafting your voice towards the ears of the people that are meant to hear what you have to say. So my dear ears out there, you were meant to be my listeners and I thank you. I hope you will continue to stick around for what I'm telling myself will be a storyline of success with a lot of wonderful wisdom that I hope to share with you from many different sources and many different people. Thank you for listening.